Marsh, you got any salad dressing in the I do. Tuna? Yeah, just there's a bunch of different options. I think there's some of that uh, Olive Garden build in there. Mm. The good stuff. We're rolling. This is the soft opening. This is the soft open? Yeah. All right. Fucking boot her up. Yeah, boot it up. How's it going? Oh, wait. Uh, what, what episode are we on? I think this is Lucky 13. 13? Yeah. All right. Uh, how's it going, folks? Welcome back to the Pitcast! Episode 13. I'm here with, uh, with the Brain Trust, the closest three, the dearest three. Mr. Matt Moss and Lorian Elliman, thanks for being here. Hey. Thanks for having me back again. Is it Elman or Elliman? Elliman. Elliman. Like elements, but. Like the elements. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> we're, we're fresh off uh, uh, Kumite. Two. Tumite. The great, uh, the great tournament in uh, Jackson, Michigan. And uh, we're sitting here. Moss, you're not wearing your. Uh, <laughs> Your, your trophy, because we're, we're sitting here with the with the with the two take chant, Mister Mister Matt Moss, who went undefeated after six rounds of Swiss. Congrats, man! Thanks, dude. And on top of that, he won the uh, orb flipping challenge. Yes, he he won the orb flipping challenge, which just um, rolled in like a stone cold killer. And <laughs> the shit out of it. I'll go ahead and take a full chest of booty home. Yeah, there you go. The orb the orb flipping challenge. It was like every every five. It started at fifteen inches. At twelve. 12. It, was, it started at 12, started 12. 12 inches, and then increased by what a foot every time. Yeah, so 12. six inches. Six inches. Yes. Yep. So 12, 18, 24, 30. You make five flips. Yeah, so right? I hit five in a row at a foot, a standard orb flip. Then I hit five in a row at two or at 18 inches. Then I hit five in a row at two feet. Then I hit one 30-inch flip, and then I missed the 17th one. So I hit 16 in a row. Did you practice at all? I did not. No? It's no, just it's amazing. raw talent? It's a, it's amazing. And in hindsight, because I've failed miserably twice on my actual orb marksman. Touch. In the game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, no, I always hit my flips in game, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. amazing how much better you flip when there's like one or two people watching and oh, yeah. not a gang of dudes barking at you. <laughs> and oh, yeah, so you crumble sure. under the pressure. Yeah. No, I hearken back to like when we first started doing those orb patches, and like Shane and Jaco and so forth were getting their patches on the very first day, and like when I remember when some of those guys were getting them, like one or two people were spotting them. You know, it was like, hey, you need to pair up with somebody and go try your challenge. And then it turned into this big, like, let's fuck with the dude and make it as hard <laughs> as possible. A bunch of hyenas thing. barking yeah. at him. Yeah. Or and everyone's just like, you know, you hit, you get to like number 32 and everyone's like, 32, 33. And each counts oh! like a, like a buffet. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, I'm not built for that pressure, man. It's, e it's easy to take you off of your groove. So you're a thespian, so you're used to performing in front of a crowd. Oh, it's like heroin to me. Attention, are you kidding me? It's like the yeah, only reason I did. But you failed on your first attempt, right? For the I did, flip? yeah. That's because I have 
shaky hands. No, oh, well. Well, my, my orb flipping game is like, it's okay, it's not superb. I will, I will occasionally let the spirit of the moment get to me, and I'll like try to, flip you know, over a beer I'll, I'll try to flip it over a beer can or something just to give them the old razzle dazzle, and that will, that will be. What's, what's your, your? Are you a two-handed? I switch. I don't do the finger of doom anymore. The one that. Oh, the one finger. Yeah. Yeah. You let's drop the card and. Yeah, I don't yeah. do that. Can we, can we talk about that? Can we talk about that? <laughs> so how, we're how, digressing. How do we? Well, how do we feel about that? It's fine. The finger flip. That's what I used to do. Uh, I used to hold the card in one hand, hold the finger in one hand, and then drop it. Yeah. I think for one-offs it actually works pretty well, but the issue that I found with trying to get my patch is that your hands, it's like your hands get a little shaky over the course of 50 flips, yeah. and you're just, you're introducing twice as much variance. Ah, oh, that's true. Or twice as many variables that could yeah. screw up. So right. I actually, I switched to just the one hand and just hold just yeah. hold the end, edge of the card the two and, fingers, three fingers, and sort of, yeah, lift, sort of up. Yeah, lift up a little I mean, bit. Burgesson is really the guy we should deck tech this with because he hit 50 in a row, no misses. And that, I feel like he did it one hand. He did, he he did he like did yours, one, hand. one hand, it just like very smoothly. Yeah. What a master. Yeah. I do, you do, I, I've switched it up. First of all, I stand up over it and then I do the two. I, nobody can see the motion I'm making, but you know what I mean? I stand up looking down on the target and I flip with two hands. And One on each side. Yeah, and I flip it. Yeah. So, see, Picard holds it, um, the card horizontally, and kind of flips it yeah. back. I've you, never you, seen you him have miss. Card. I've never seen him miss ever. He's probably one of the best I've seen at that in yeah. game. He has his patch, right? Oh yeah, without a yeah, doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen him miss ever. So. Yeah, I think he missed one or two on his patch. But yeah. I mean, that's like like you said. There's a lot of nerves there. You kind of need the perfect amount of alcohol. You drink too much. You're gonna get really sloppy, but you need a couple drinks to steady those shaking hands. So. Yeah, yeah. When you got the when you got the fervor of the crowd boring into you. So bringing it back to Kumite, yeah, I kind of slithered off in the corner, and Pete Lupo, uh, Pete Lupo, and I think Paul, both of the two of the nice tap art guy, were spotting me, and I just sniped the shit out of them. I watched you too. It was oh, impressive. Did. I did. You were getting oh. fired up. I was like, shit. <laughs> I was went, like, not oh, both. Right. Not right. both. And then you were like, okay, I'll take it down. 16 is the high number. And then you shat out at number six. <laughs> Damn, you even remember the number I got? Oh, That's yeah, cold, dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're always going to take notes. I always record those contemporaneous uh, memoranda. I do. I sit before Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yes, stuck that one away. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, ba I'm, I'm bad at that one. That one I haven't done. I'm good at like spur of the moment feats of dexterity. Yeah, you're the only guy that I know that during a match, like where it matters, you will try to flip an orb I will over a beer can. Yeah. And your success rate is pretty high. It looks really dumb. I feel like you look, it's, it's worth it, right? Because when you hit it, you look that much cooler. And when you miss it, you look pretty dumb. <laughs> you look pretty dumb, but I th I feel like it's worth the risk because it it takes balls. No, because it pays off one time in a hundred, and then and then everyone just, remembers. Yeah, everyone remembers. I think you're probably like forty or fifty percent for that shot. I would, you know, like if if you did it a hundred times, it, I would expect you to hit it around forty, forty-five. Times. It's a it's a yeah, it's a fifty-fifty, and you can only do that with the one-handed technique, the sort of launch the orb up and over the pint glass yeah. mm -hmm. onto I should do that. I should do that some more. So Kumite 2, uh, we had how many lords go? Like seven? 
seven or eight. That sounds about right. Yeah, and we did pretty well as a group. I think we took six of the top ten. And you two boys took three and four with the same deck. How about we workshop that a little bit? Well, yeah. You want to set the table? I wanted to, well, I wanted to continue. I tend to, I don't know if, I don't know if you do this, but now that these tournaments have become yearly affairs, I tend to bring the deck that I brought to the last tournament, you know, a, a year later. Do, sure. Do, do you ever do that? I haven't done that. Or does it kind of? I've thought about it, but then I'm like, I'd rather just play a tug. <laughs> oh, I, I played easy wins. I played yeah. uh, choose some no, 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 forget it. I just I yeah. know it works. Yeah. Um, the allure of those W's. I tend to yeah. I was I was like oh I I remember playing mono green, uh because I remember playing against Mike and playing spinning slug and he had to bolt it twice and he was so disheartened by that that he later made me an altar of a spinning slug in, of course, his iconic style, yeah. getting zapped by two lightning bolts, scribbling two bolts at the bottom, and, and eventually mailed it to me in honor of the, in honor of this like really close match that we had. So I thought I might relive that experience. And I also noticed that he had a beaut he also drew this beautiful Argothian Pixies yeah, altar, he where he just sort of like, um, it, it was an altar that was only in the actual box uh, but he he just like brightened everything up in this really interesting way, and I was like really struck yeah. by how. Let's put a pin in the altars and come back to that. Yeah, because we can spend some time just talking about all of his altars. Oh, sure, and, and how that's yeah, like a yeah, kumite yeah. tradition. Well, yeah. ne needless to say, that altar was kind of a big reason why I wanted to run the run the deck back again. Yeah, and so I, I you know, being a boisterous asshole, I sort of announced to the lords in the in the discord chat like all right i'm, I'm playing mono green like who's doing it with me who's doing it with me <laughs> and uh i had built the deck a while ago so I, I played pink exclusively pink aggro for a while and uh carter built this mono green deck i'm like what the hell is this you know playing <laughs> spinning slug and tracker what the hell yeah and uh the match was not very favorable for me. I think it's pretty close. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. We could play a thousand games and see, but I was mm -hmm. impressed. And uh, I'm all about the budget builds and mono green for the most part is very, very budget friendly. Yeah. If you don't do the if biffs, it's, it's incredibly cheap. So I actually put the deck together and just sort of played for fun because, you know, it was an, it was an extra deck. And, um, and so I already had it built. And you, I, you even had the, <laughs> the white-bordered trackers and spinning sleds. That's right, that's right. I, uh, yeah, I go by uh, MTG Border Eraser. I've got like six followers on Instagram. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> dozen hardcore fans. Yeah. Who the hell is dude? Was uh, spinning slug reprinted? No. 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 no, no, no. <laughs> you gotta erase those no, borders, you gotta man. erase those borders. So, okay. yeah, so I basically, I like having all of my borders the same color. I can't afford black, so I play white sleeves. Uh, with white border cards, and if the cards are black border, then I erase the borders, so they're all <laughs> nice uh, white border cards. <laughs> so yeah, I had a pretty pretty sick version, and I've been playing uh, mono black recently. I think it's a great deck. Love cheaping out those easy wins with Strict Mine and him to Torak. So you know, I was a little bored. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll take your challenge. I'll play yeah. mono green if you know Jaco lets me borrow some power in the Library of Alexandria, and he agreed to do that. So uh, so yeah, that's what I. Decided to play. Our deck lists were within, uh, I don't know, maybe like six cards mm -hmm. of each other. Yeah, our biggest disagreements Perhaps. were uh, Urnum Jin. Yeah, I decided 
in, in my testing at least, the deck tended to stall out the board and an Urnimjin didn't have, it, it usually wasn't big enough or evasive enough to punch through, you know, maybe something like a White Knight and an Order. And that forest walk ability, of course, is the is probably at its most at its greatest hindrance um, in in the mono green deck. Uh, so I just I just found that there were too many situations where since I don't have swords and, and lightning bolt, uh, the game would stall out, and I'd play the sword engine that didn't really do that much, and they would just kind of pick me to death with their with their smallest creature. Yeah, correct. but you said that the card was good for you. Oh yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it, uh, if Biff was less good for me because of some because of some of the other changes I made. So Urnum was my main win condition, and I mean the I like like the deck to be a little more explosive. So going you know turn one land Soul Ring, turn two land uh, Urnum, or you know turn yeah. one land Black Lotus Urnum. It's just really a lot of if they aren't playing if the, your opponent is not playing Swords, they have a really hard time dealing dealing with that. It's kind of why um, mono black, I think, is really successful because even if your opponent's playing four swords to plowshares, that turn one ritual hypnotic, it's like you force them to have it. Yes, yeah, for sure. And so turn one, you know, whatever, turn two, whatever, Erdem Jin, uh, it can only be answered by swords. You can't chain lightning it, you can't lightning bolt it. There's very few answers mm -hmm. that deal with it. Yeah, and I think if you're cutting Wailuli Wolf, because a big a big reason I have Wailuli Wolf in the deck, and I'm playing If Biff as a four of, uh, is once once you have Wailuli Wolf in play, you can use it to protect your If Biff from Lightning Bolt. That's kind of a key interaction. Like like Wailuli Wolf's synergy with both Tracker and If Biff is. I I feel like my version of the deck. Um, maybe was relying a bit more on these synergies between the creatures and the games might have played out a little bit more the same because I have all these four ofs in the deck but I'm missing those explosive draws and I'm also more susceptible to having my game plan be disrupted when one of these key pieces is missing you know yeah I while playing against you, while Luli Wolf is super annoying, yeah, I hate it. You know, it, it causes problems with trying to bolt something. Yeah, uh, but playing it, I really don't like it because it's not really a win condition. I will say that my if biffs were a lot less good. I got my if biffs bolted all day long. Yeah, and I'm yeah, sure yeah. if I had why Luli Wolf, you know, I, I could have saved it some of the time. But uh, I I just don't like it that much as a card. I respect that you play it. I think you I think you like to go wide. I don't really like yeah. those super complicated board states where you've each got six creatures and you're like trying to do the math and you're trying to figure things out. And obviously, Urnum Jin is less good in that situation. I'd rather just bash in, make people chump, you know, just like really put the pressure on as fast as I can. So uh, I played a couple main deck Whirling Dervishes. Mono Black has been super popular and, you know, Control Decks with the Abyss uh, are also good. So I, I thought it wouldn't be a dead card. And it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't particularly good either. I boarded them out every game. I never played a, a black deck. I'm sure there were some. That's just how the pairings matched up. I didn't ever have a situation where uh, where it really got out of control. It was just like fine. Yeah, I would if I was playing against um, like any sort of combo or control deck. I kept the dervishes in the board. I feel like I would cut the wolves and, and put the dervishes in mm -hmm. because they represent a far more significant clock, and you don't need that fancy combat math. Yes. We both were on uh, for Argothian. 
yep. Pixies. Um, and I think it's I, I think it's always a, a to me it's an absolutely fascinating deck building decision whether you want to put Elvish Archers in that spot or Argothian Pixies. Yes. It's um the Pixies are a huge liability against uh, against knights, but tremendous against any aggressive artifact deck, any control deck that's using uh, that's kind of relying on factory to to block for them. It's really like honestly you know. 51, uh, or, you know, 12-1 or 6-1 yeah. half-dozen. So the question that I have, and this goes to both of you, is how did people try to sideboarding in Steel? So I, they're like, holy shit, Mont Green. Multiple opponents told me afterwards, like, yeah, I really didn't have anything to sideboard against you. Yeah. I heard that too. I heard that too. What's people, the people hose like, death group, right? Well, the hoser yeah, is I mean, that, that's slow. Moat. Moat. Moat, yeah, moat's really moat's good. Moat's really good. The problem with moat is you have to own moat. Yes. You have to unmelt. Right. Prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Sure. Um, City in a Bottle is um, surprisingly surprisingly decent against the deck. Uh, you're rocking seven Arabian cards. I'm rocking nine. Right? Counting Library. Oh, mine was um, seven. Seven. Seven? Yeah. Three Urnum, three Ifbith. One library. I yeah, I'm it. playing a library and the play set of Wolves and Ifbif. Um, so that's a card that can come down and make an impact. Obviously, when you're behind on when you're behind on board, uh, the Abyss is really good. I have historically had a ton of trouble with Sarah Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a flying threat that's a four power. It's usually once you get up to your fourth point of toughness against the deck. You start to need cards like Giant Growth or Double Wolf in order to take yeah. care of them. And that's and, pretty situational. Right, 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 right. And so it's uh it's a it, it's so good because it it attacks and blocks. You can you can handle a big threat from your opponent's side because you're able to engineer a situation where you're the aggressor. If they play a big card to try and stabilize, you can um, I, I found myself doing this against uh, against Maldo, who was playing um, fatties. Just essentially, yeah, like yeah, uh, band, fatties, band fatties or, or five color fatties. You know, you're you can end up sacrificing some of your creatures, some of your dinky little one ones, to like punch through damage. And Sarah just makes it like that much more difficult. They can actually pressure you and put a clock on you while they're eliminating your creatures bit by bit. Um, what else is what else is really tough? I mean, you're playing you're playing kind of underpowered cards, so mm -hmm. it's easy to get powered out. It's really it's really flyers that are tough, like a couple lightning bolts uh, and a turn two serendib can be rough, but um, depending on the draw, you can race those. Yeah. Mono uh, black has a lot of uh, a lot of bullets. Turn one ritual hippie. Yeah. yeah, turn one ritual hippie. I mean, they can just him you and cast the rack, and like you know, if you happen to have. Uh, <clears throat> scavenger folk then you can get out from under that but uh, then they start paralyzing your guys and you don't really have much um, many answers to enchantments it can it can be a tough matchup for sure I mean you get whirling dervish on the subboard so if you land one of those that helps a lot so long as they don't have factories to block uh, but yeah. I, I don't think it's a great matchup it's uh yeah I, I mean it's probably decent after sideboard because we both had um Multiple copies of of the, of the great removal spell. Uh, how do you say it? Aeoli pile. 
Aeoli pile. Aeoli pile. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is out of the side, right? Out, out of the out of the sideboard because you need to you need to answer some of these cards like preacher or yeah. royal assassin or some of these knights these these first strikers like, um, it's uh it's tough. You've got you've got to reach into the <laughs> you've got to reach into the absolutely yep. depths of the vault. Right. Aeoli pile. Three mana. Shitty lightning bolt. Like three minute yeah. shitty shock. It did yeah. it did work for me all day long. It's, long. But I, but it was good. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you have a little more mana with mono green because you have you know uh, land war elves. But yeah, it was good. It, it it did exactly what it needed to do. When I drew it I, against aggro decks, I pretty much always had something to to get rid of. Yeah, land land war elf really is the card that I feel makes the deck shine. Um, it's like it's like an aggressive creature deck that goes up the curve and presents a different variety of threat at every converted mana cost. Yeah. Where you're playing cards that, you know, at the two drop slot are evasive, at the three drop, three drop, shop, three drop slot remove some of their other creatures. And um, I know you may have gotten some of them bolted, but if Biff is astonishing how fast it kills the opponent. Yes. I mean, I've been, I was, I've been in situations where you play it, um, if you have green mana left over, you hurricane for two, untap, attack them for three, hurricane for two again, yeah. and they've taken se uh, like you. You pretty much need to untap with this creature once, and you've done at least seven damage. So to how it. much of your success, and this is a small sample size, but how much success would you say was attributed to like just low information, or your opponents not knowing what they were, what you were doing, or how to attack it, or how to sideboard? Earthquake's another card that's that's really oh, yeah, that's against good. the deck. Yeah. <laughs> that's a white. That's very, yeah, very good. That's that's a rough one. Um, I I would say I would say a good deal. I would say a good deal. Spinning Slug is a complicated card. Why Lily Wolf is a complicated card. There's a there's a lot of like on the board tricks that people didn't necessarily pay attention to. So they just make a foolish attack, you wipe them out, and they're just like, sorry, no take backs, we're playing for blood. <laughs> <laughs> like they obviously should not have attacked, and then they get yeah, out I, by I, slug. I, te I tend to be kind of nice about... Not in game three. That thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't come up too often, I would say. Because oh, you win in two? <laughs> I actually did win in two. <laughs> but, oh my god. So, I, so except for one game, I went to at least three... Sorry, at least one match. You described the deck as being yeah. grindy. Yeah, that's what it felt like. So one match I won in two. The other uh, five matches, four of them I won in... Or I, yeah, I won in three games. And then the last one against Dan Picard, uh, I used If Biff to tie the game to kill us both at the same time yeah. because I was going to lose on the crackback. We each won one after that, and then we went to Orb Flips, and he got it because he's a master. He, he is never, a master. He never misses. Yeah. I don't, I, that's a man I do not want to go to Orb Flips with. That, that shit is rough. The, um, what we ended up talking about after the, after the tournament at the Airbnb with um with uh actually Greg Krager we ended up having a really good discussion because I think I think he thought the deck is cool. He's he's a fan of like monocolored kind of off the wall yeah, he plays a lot of goblins strategies. Right? A lot of goblins with like Yid uh Yidwin Afreet, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and he's got that deck kind of He, he won last year's Kumite too. He, by he the was way. he was the with that deck. With the, that deck. Yeah. The he did. red goblins Yidwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he it uh, the, the that mono green deck felt like something that was really oh, up, yeah. up his alley. So we were, you know, discussing uh, 
because I because I felt that the the most room for improvement that the deck needed was in the sideboard, uh, and I found I found a handful of cards that I'm kind of willing to try out, and the, the, some of them are bad, such as Web. <laughs> You know what web does? Uh, is it an enchant creature? It's an enchant creature for okay. one green. Okay. It gives the creature plus O plus two and reach. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of like solves some of the big problems the deck has. You We're like a slug. <laughs> I mean, you slap that thing on a slug and you've got that Sarah Angel. Yeah. You know? And then they swords right? it, you get two for one, but that's one less swords for... That is, I mean, it, yes, that is true, but it's like, value. it's exactly what you want against Serendip. It's it's, yeah. It truly is exactly what you want. Um, and it, it makes the slug big enough to block something even like um, Mahamodi Jin. You it's know? two four, right, base? The, the, slug is, the slug is a base two four, so it makes it a uh, two six. Blocker. I mean, the, it, the, it sounds awful, but the deck is like so underpowered that you need to find like the exact perfect card for the right situation, Scenario, yeah. which makes it which makes it tough to sideboard. We both played with three copies of Disc, mm -hmm. and I didn't really like them because they were such a they were such a general answer to to um, I don't know. I like I, I put them in just. Because I said like, oh, there's just decks that you can't beat, and you need it as as a hail mary plan, and I and I realized later what I, what I really wanted were more surgical answers to to problems. So against control, instead of something like hurricane, right, which seems like a like an effective card against a blue deck in the abstract, it's really something like Gaia's Avenger mm -hmm. that comes down as a threat that needs to be immediately answered or kills them very very quickly. Yeah. Um, I also, it's it's like every- Gaia's Avenger has power and toughness equal to the number of your artifacts your opponent has in play. Plus one. Plus, well yeah, plus a toughness. It's, yeah, or it's, plus it's, one, plus one. Yeah, it's a, it's a base one one. Okay. So if um, if there's no artifacts on board for any reason, it it doesn't die. It's still it's still a one yeah, one. Yeah. It's still like a semi-relevant creature. How much, what's its mana cost? It's t uh, one green green. So it's a three drop. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, you can cut stuff like you can cut stuff like Tracker for for yeah. Gaia's Avenger against like a creatureless control deck, and you present an extremely powerful threat. That would not be bad against Atog as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great. It would probably be out of bolt range when you drop it, mm -hmm. so they'd have to two for one you if they wanted yeah, to get player, you're gonna he's gonna be like a four, at least a four four. Yeah, for yeah. three. Those types of cards have been kind of successful against Atog. Um, Stuff like uh, Suchi, like like four like four powered beaters. It's are, interesting are how if you attack with a big guy's Avenger and your Atog player can sack eight, um, artifacts to the Atog to a make him grow and make your guy shrink. Though. Yeah, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a weird yeah. A there. Yeah, Atog's like a play. super hard matchup. I mean, I, I like Nev's disc, but I have played against uh, twice. I've sideboarded against Atog with Nev's disc. Played it and then I died. And you just died before I had a chance. To Did you guys play yeah. the other Atog player, the Kumite, the, the Red Green? Uh, sure. No, there was a fellow named um, there was a fellow named Mike that played. Who got second place? He got yeah. He was five one. Oh yeah yeah. There, well, there was another list. there was another Atog uh, player playing Red Green and uh, okay. He oh got, like he, Berserk Atog. Yeah Atari. yeah. He got me one game. I was at seventeen. He had two artifacts. But he had like vices and Ankh and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He, he had the regular package. So he attacks. He has two artifacts out. I'm at 17. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to 
block with my spinning slug, <laughs> whatever. He sacrifices two artifacts, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. All right, so I take five damage. Berserk, berserk. Oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, I guess that's game. Well, you're dead to that anyway. That's an honest win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah, berserk. Yeah. That, that is good. That's that's just very reasonable. Very reasonable stuff. I know that that's kind of something that's tough for the for the green deck to deal with. If we were allowed to play with um, unrestricted maze, and I've, I've said this before, <laughs> it would be it would be like a two to three maze deck. Yeah. See, sure. I put maze in the sideboard because again, I think like you really want to be an aggressor. But I did bring Maze in a lot. It was like, you know, probably more than half my games, it was like, bring in the three Aeoli piles, bring in Maze of Ith. The, um, the, the sideboard slots are really tough. I feel, like the, I feel like the sideboard is really where the deck is going to be sculpted into something that's... Truly magnificent? Truly magnificent. I, I firmly believe that it is a competitive deck. Um, but once you have a, a definite plan for what you expect to encounter most of the time. I mean, I think I think you have the potential to to have a real contender there. All right. Well, I think that's enough for the gang green discussion. For the for the for the for the rambling. For the green rambling scene. Green. Yeah, pick pick up your trackers because I, the, I Radagast, own... Radagast was the green wizard, right? Mm -hmm. From uh the brown, right? Or well, he was the brown, my bad. Was it Radagast the Who was the green? There was a green there's there was a green was... wizard from from Tolkien? No, there was a gray Gandalf the Grey, Saruman the White, uh, Radagast the Brown, and there were two blue wizards. Oh, two but, blue but they wizards. never really, they were just like in the lore, they never really oh, well. did anything. Obviously blue gets the best wizards. <laughs> and yeah. they get two wizards for some reason. And they, and they get two. <laughs> Dude, Tolkien knew. Tolkien yeah, would for so, for sure. So how about just a general uh, Kumite kind of overview? It was, um, we had what, 35 players from three, mostly from... Uh, Cleveland, Detroit, and Chicago. And it's interesting, like Jackson, Michigan is deep in the heart of Michigan, basically the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but it's, it's basically three, two to three hours from all three of those major metros. Yeah. So we've got like Ben and his guys from Detroit. A lot of the TSI guys came up from Cleveland. You know, we sent a half dozen or so lords. And then the Knights of Tapwater have their own um, pretty active scene in Jackson, yeah. which is kind of ran by... Uh, the Lupos and Paul Fierro, who uh, ran the tournament for us. Did an amazing job yeah. and hosted a couple people the night before, which was really generous of him. Yeah, a couple guys that went out early. And uh, yeah, the event, I, I don't know how much they raised for charity or what the charity was, so forgive me for forgetting It was over that, 500 bucks. Yeah, they yeah, a good job. 15 times 35 at least. Yeah. yeah. So they, you know, it was for a good cause and, and all that stuff. and. Um, yeah, it was just really cool to have that many people out there in the middle of nowhere. So something something that we were sort of touching on before, but the but the hall one of the hallmarks of these uh, Kumite tournaments are the altars that yeah. Mike Lupo does for them. So he he hand well first altars. of all let's, let's back it up just a little. So Mike Lupo is he goes by Captain Lupo on like Instagram or Twitter. I forget what he is on there, but. Uh, yeah, he's a big time old school magic enthusiast and he does a lot of altars in, I don't know, what do you call the style? Kind of like a comic book type style or? Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 it's unmistakable. Yeah, very, very colorful. Um, Whimsical a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Some, sometimes it's had lewd. Lewd, crude, and rude. But, but like unmistakable. Like, you know, uh, yeah. you can, you can recognize it's a, discernible. a Mike, Mike Lupo altar from, you know, a, a stack of a hundred. Yeah. So he had done, gosh, dozens of these things. 
for prizes, but basically everybody that went got an altered card. And, and some of the other Knights Templar guys did chip in their own altars. Like uh, Pete Lupo did some, and I know that uh, Rob did some, and some other guys. But uh, yeah, Lupo, I mean, he did like two or three dozen of these altars. And yeah. they were all amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they, it's, it's like what, no matter what, they really made you feel like no matter what place in the tournament you got, you are going to be able to take something home with you that was that was really cool. So, for example, yeah, it, like you know, I exoed it, got first place, and my card for winning it was an altered Iran the Relentless from Homelands, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this rancid legend card. But I got to find a way to use it. I, you know, obviously in an old school '95 capacity, but totally EDH, baby. Yeah. And then, and then you also picked up Moss Monster, yes, right? Yes, I did, yeah. So, oh, that, so yeah. That, that was the prescribed card, the Air on the Relentless. And then for my choice, I got a customized uh, Moss Monster card, which was like a dude with a big beard and a sleep hat yelling sick. <laughs> <laughs> so now that is your picture of Dorian Gray. Like, yeah, exactly. You can right. say forever now, so long as you keep the card safe. Exactly. Right, totally. Don't forever. Don't, yeah. Don't and then there was another hand. fellow, and I'll do a shout out here, uh, just a quick one. His name was Nick, and I... Don't have his last name, although it started with a V, so my apologies. It's like Via, V V I A U, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And he gave me another Moss Monster with a Lord of the Pit drawn on it, so I will uh, thank him for that as well. Hell yeah, that's that's really nice. I, think, I, I, think I may have to start playing these Moss Monsters. Maybe I'll get on the green, <laughs> the mono green. <laughs> Join so, us. Join us in the yeah. fucking deep end, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Buy your buy your beta webs now. I did use four Moss Monsters when I won two hundred games in a row against Cam. <laughs> <laughs> For Ante, as his deck just dwindled down yeah. to maybe twenty-five cards, yeah, he had twenty-five, and yours became this like te teetering stack yeah. of of cards. I gave some of them back, but I kept most of them. Um, so yeah, anything else we want to talk about with Kumite? I mean, we had the big mansion, and thanks to Jason Paul for putting together like this enormous six-bedroom house that we crashed in. We did. Night. We had a we had a we had a sweet setup. It needed a fire pit, though. Or maybe we just needed a. It was. It was. It was like a. It ended up being kind of a beautiful afternoon, it, it, and then whiteout snow on the way back to Chicago. Oh well, yeah, that was gnarly. It was insane. You guys didn't have any weather driving home, did you? No, no, no. We drove back. Uh, there was a car of us that drove back after the tournament, the same day, and no, there was no weather at all. It was fine. So it was rainy the whole way, and then we got to about Gary, Indiana, and then all of a sudden it just switched over to slush, and there were cars all over the place, and then. Yeah, once we got over the Skyway, it was just like snow apocalypse, April edition. I feel like that's happened several times on our way up to Michigan, and it's and then given, today it was like fifty-five degrees. Yeah, it's absurd. Everything was melted. But I, I feel like I feel like that kind of crazy snow has happened at yeah. least a couple times on our way up, and it really gives the impression of it being a different place. You know, <laughs> winter is coming <laughs> than Chicago. Like you're entering a different. A different zone. Well, it's a different time zone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is a different zone. It is a different Damn, zone. Damn, I'm a smart if Whenever you're man. around Lupo, it's the Twilight Zone. It's definitely, it's definitely the Twilight Zone. I, yeah, those altars are so incredible. There yeah. was a tracker in a Geo Tracker. <laughs> <laughs> there, was like, there was like a tarted up BDSM singer vampire. Yep. Oh, I saw that. Yep. Yeah, with the collar. Yeah, baby. And being in third place, I somehow got like a berserk. A berserk. I think it was the only valuable card, and I got it because yeah. I was playing mono green. Yeah. If I was playing something else, I would have gone for something. It was the EV play. 
Yeah. No. I, so that part is never, <laughs> never leaving my mono green. Oh, yeah, yeah, never yeah. leaving the seventy-five ever. I think Pete did that one with the Incredible Hulk on it. Incredible Hulk. Yeah. yeah. Hulk smash. Yeah. Oh my god. That's, sick. That's fucking awesome. And then they had a play set of Bloodlusts with the um, Bloodsport characters, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, I think, and I, Fight Club. There were two Fight Club. Or no, it wasn't Jean Claude Van Damme. It was the uh, Asian fellow. Um, Chong Lee from, or whatever. Into the Dragon? Or no, that's first. It's from Bloodsport, right? From, from Bloodsport. He breaks the dude's neck and challenges oh, yeah, 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 to yeah, challenge yeah. him. That's right, that's right, that's right. And then there was a Mortal Kombat thing. I don't know, we're kind of rambling here, but we've got photo. I put a photo up on the Twitter bill with the, all the, the altars if people want to see them up close. Yeah, I, wa- I walked away with a spinning slug and that Argothian Pixies that I was gunning for to, to straight up upgrade. Dude, there's nothing better than after a, a tournament you get to slide. You know, like an altered card or, or like a, a or like card. a tatted up card, yeah, like yeah. directly into your deck. I think that's the type of thing that like takes you back to that childhood. You know, when you would like crack a pack and you'd yeah. be like, "Oh, sweet!" and then the card goes directly. Or into you your make deck. a trade, and then that card you traded for, and you're like, "Yes, right in." And it still feels and like then you don't draw, and you're just so bummed. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but there, but there is that sense still of like upgrading what you have. I've, I've sort of stopped buying magic cards for the most part. So I I just, I don't know. I, I, I appreciate those experiences. We're like really fast to kind of like maximize everything, right? Because once you have that vision in your mind, like you want all the pieces. Yeah, you all just the hit pieces, a TCG and load up the card. And you just load up the card because it feels unsatisfying to play something that you know is, is less than perfect. Yeah. But that incremental pleasure, right, of, of upgrading your deck piece by piece. I mean, yeah, you can still. I think a lot of people that. scratch that itch, uh, at least in old school, by upgrading the value of their cards. Or when I say that, I mean like uh, maybe they play like a revised soaring, or and, you know, to start right, just just an example, and then they eventually upgrade to a black bordered one, mm-hmm. or people that do see power unlimited power, or you know, pick your poison, and upgrade their duels to black border, or, totally. or whatever. You or know. finally get your cards signed. Yeah. if that's your thing. Yeah, or yeah, they get signatures or altars or whatever it's more yeah. the aesthetic thing rather than like getting the card to play it yeah it's funny I had sort of stepped away from that for a little while and then being able to slide that really cool Argothian Pixies into my deck kind of made me want to double down on Mono Green yeah, a lot the of next the- day you were on TCG loading up the card with Web and uh, <laughs> Emerald Dragonfly I did I did I was like oh god it, it, honestly playing playing this tournament sort of reinvigorated my love of old school I've really, I've really fallen in love with this deck, and I, and I really want to keep working and working and working on it as long as Moss doesn't ask for the if bips that I bought. Oh, back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what if, who was that? That act of kindness. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny how um, when you uh, deviate from the norm a little bit, or, or, and you're rewarded. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I was I was kind of down on uh, old yeah. school a, a few tournaments ago, and that's why I uh, went to the dark side with mono black. It's just like you know, right? Pick if up I, the Ws. Take it right, slow. Exactly. If I if I can't beat all this uh, power, I'll just hem it out of their hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. totally fair. But it, it was really it's really satisfying to play something like mono green and be like, this is not an optimized deck. You know, I played against pink, which I would consider probably a better deck. I played against uh, uh, Naya Bazaar Zoo, which I would consider to be a, a better deck. It at least has more expensive cards. Uh, yeah, and so being able to to get some wins with such a weird rogue deck, it's really satisfying. Yeah, I, I think that's really what old school is about. 
The problem yeah, is we're going to post good. this and then some ding dong is going to go out and like buy our tracker. Good tracker. luck. I own 927 <laughs> copies of it. Master of the Hunt. And good the luck. Fifth. Yeah, Master of the Hunt is already a little. That's a Legends Rare, I think. Yes. So it's already priced. It's probably 50 plus. If bit, yeah, if bit, not, not the cheapest, but none of it is like absurd. Yeah. Emerald's fine. Lotus is fine. You don't need either. They can be basic forests if you want. Mm, yeah, you can't, but what, like, what I definitely want some games what with did power. You, so you would use Lotus to do turn one earning, yep. but what would you Lotus for? Um, I, had, I had a couple of situations where Lotus was against a... Um, I was uh, playing Underworld Dreams, and I lotused out a pair of Argothian Pixies, which just allowed me to put a ton of pressure on him. Followed up with a followed up with a strip mine, right, keep so him off balance. A random hail mary type. Um, or you're able to lotus out. There, there, there was a turn where I was able to lotus out an if biff and protect it with giant growth. That's stuff it. like that. Yeah, cool. Kind of make these like sort of incremental plays, right. which it, are it makes it lets you make these fair plays a little bit faster. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Totally reasonable. I yeah, played yeah, a yeah. three three flyer. Like give me a break. I'm not mind twisting you. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. It's it's just it's just funny. It's it's funny what, what reinvigorates your your interest and your and your passion in these in these yeah. things. Which is which is always deep seated. But you know, you know, we play so much that it's it's what it, fuels the fire. You know, what keeps the fire burning. Yeah. The yeah. Interest going. Because it's not the card pool, because it's pretty shallow. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you need to find new ways to, you know, new challenges within that limited card pool. It is. It's like for it's me like challenging it's, yourself. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's in the singleton formats: brawl, EDH, straight up singleton. That's mm -hmm. kind of where I like to do all my brewing, and that's why I've been kind of stuck on ATOG. Because I've just been like, oh, we have an event. Okay, I'll just play ATOG. Yeah. But meanwhile, whereas your attention is, yeah, yeah, just focused on these weirder singleton type formats. I mean, you should keep playing ATOG. It will encourage people to build decks that can beat ATOG. No, no, no. <laughs> because it's never gonna. I'll never best XO with it. So there's no like. I don't know. You're, you're, on, you're on uh, the Steve Mendini line right now. You've already won a couple, so it's like. Well, retire I mean, from old school. Yeah, I think Ron, Ron said the same. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm Ron. So I'm well, I've won so them I'm, all. Yeah, yeah. Ron it must be so exhausted. Ron made a point like that after um, winning the Grands tournament in December. Where he I was, was so like, close. I was in the finals. Guys. Yeah, where he was like, I've been tuning this mono black for like a year or whatever, and I finally took one down. So we'll move on to the next thing. I think that's a good theory. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, th I think that's good. I, I think I think it's cool to like set goals for yourself and then achieve those goals. And once that happens, that's like impetus to. It's yeah, it's funny. That's kind of like my reason to to start. It's like yeah, I want to I want to like push this. Uh, I think Brian mentions that on his podcast a lot, where he he wants to take something that's a little off the wall, but push it to the to the maximum limit of. Playability, right? Like it, this is going to be the best Ashnod's Transmogrant deck. It's going to be the best Armageddon yeah. Clock deck yeah. that I can. So it's never going to get past tier two or you know tier three, but it'll be the best iteration of itself. Yeah, and that's and that's a satisfying experience. Yeah. Mono Green could definitely take down a tournament. I think so. I yeah. think I think that's absolutely I think that's absolutely true. I mean, we both were close, yeah. right? Yeah, just would would have had to face an end boss. We would have had to face one way or another. The end boss, yeah. the I boss think. among bosses. We would have had to. We would have had to face off against a talk. But hey, and the boss monster. The yeah. only deck I lost to in this tournament 
Mono green. Cover that. Lorian, tell tell the story oh of the God. mirror man. Yeah. So what what round was it? Do you, like uh, uh, it, it was two. Yeah, it was pretty early on. We end up. Uh, I think it was round two, right? And um, I was not excited about playing mono green against other aggro decks because it's kind of long and grindy. I would have preferred to play against control or combo decks. And then uh, I get paired with Carter, so I know, like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be awful. There's going to be Wailuli Wolves and Giant Groats and Mazes of it. Like, it's just going to be awful. So um, he outplays me game one. You just, like, totally got me. Uh, game two, I think I cheaped out. No, no, no. That, that, so there was a little bit of strategy there. Yeah, yeah that was. I was on a library hand. Right. I, I went first. He did a library hand, and I was like, shit, there's no way that I'm winning the long game. Let me just put a bunch of pressure on. I got down Sylvan. I think I uh, ate through eight or maybe 12 life drawing extra cards, and I just punched through before uh, the Library of Alexandria could, could take over the game. Yeah, I feel like you went turn one Soul Ring, turn two Earn him that game, turn three Library. Turn three Library. That sounds fair. I mean, that, yeah. you would have to do something like that in order yeah, to get Library I, I, of I feel like you saw a second turn Earn him that game. Yep. So, game three, uh, he's on the play. I draw up. Seven cards. I think it's like five lands, a spinning slug, and a tracker. I'm like, this is not beating any deck ever in the history of old school. This is not beating anything. You do get those hands. Yeah. So I throw it back, and I get like a... My only land is a Mishra's Factory on six. So I'm like, fuck. This is, I'm basically going to lose. I'm going to uh, go to five. And you, you couldn't scry, by the way. That's one For some oh, reason, yeah. you can't scry at, at Kumite. So I'm going to five with no scry. And so I look at Carter, <laughs> and I say, all right... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna shuffle back in. I'm gonna get five cards, and in those five cards, uh, I'm gonna have a black lotus. <laughs> I'm gonna have a forest, and I'm gonna have an urnum gin. And so I shuffle and I draw the five cards, and I'm just like in shock because I have all three in my hand, and I'm like, this is fucking insane. And like, I can't even keep a straight face. I just like have this huge <laughs> shit eating grin on my face looking at Carter. Like, and I just yeah. know, dude, I knew. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> no! Oh my God. So you, you go on home. like turn one forest land or elves. And I just like, can't, I'm just like shaking and I drop. And the Urnum Jin comes down. Yeah. And, and not only did you have forest lotus Urnum, but you had double giant growth, right? Yeah, to protect it, yeah. And so I try to set up multiple occasions where I'm blocking and pumping, and both times I get wiped out by the yeah, by the giant growth what, and on the on the Urnum. beast. Yeah. So I was I was defeated after a absolutely stone cold call shot and lose to I lost to probably the only possible draw. Yeah, I could I could have lost too. Yeah, it was insane. I, I don't it think was, I it was amazing. That, that win. I it mean, was, I would certainly take it. I mean, I didn't mind at all. I was, and then after that, I was like, yeah, the only deck I'm losing today is two today is mono green. Yeah, I, I resolved this, and it was the case. Uh, so I'm just looking at the final standings here. So we want to I want to give a quick shout out to Mr. Picardo, the aforementioned uh, Chaos Orb Killer, who took fifth, and Maldo, who took ninth. Was, and he was playing the five color fatties. We had a really close match. And uh, our boy Nick Rohr was playing pink disco, or what was he? He was at tenth place. Yeah, well, he he always plays pink. He always plays Neb Neb's. Disc. He was playing disco. And he always and plays mana flare. He always plays X spells. Yeah, you can, you, can, you can expect X spells, discs, and <laughs> red cards and white cards. Just throwing big bombs. So I was really afraid of that match too when we played because um, 
He, he probably had some amount of main deck earthquakes, and that card is talk about yeah. That's that's another yeah. absolute blowout against the deck. It's so it's really bad. Those were the six lords we put in the top ten. Uh, another one of my uh, contemporaneous note-taking uh, bullet points here. Were you guys? Were you and Bowersox playing money matches back at the Airbnb? <laughs> I saw some twenties down on the table. That was uh, that was like some bet that he had that he and Greg ended up making about the rules. Oh, it was of, Krager and Bowersox. Um, about the rules of Mazeveth. So Bowersox's interpretation of Mazeveth. Let's just was set that. the table. So a bunch of us went back to the after party at the mansion. Everyone was just like hanging out, whatever, and playing game. There's a whole bunch of different formats going. And I went out to the living room area and. There were people battling, and then there was cash on the table. Yeah, it's like me, me and Brendan sitting across from each other, like absolutely cracking up with you know, getting money on the table. I do, I do like a money match, because with me, it's not really gambling. <laughs> okay, <laughs> somebody challenged me. I was like, no, I don't gamble. Anyway, I'm not playing the money match over. Anyway, um, he, so his his interpretation of how Mazeveth worked was that I could attack with Wiluli Wolf untap it with Mazeveth, and then pump itself to get in for no, two damage. It leaves combat. But that's, of course, not, not the case. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it prevents the damage that the, that the creature So it deal. wasn't a, a money match. It was a, a prop bet. It was a prop bet between the two of them. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure if money was really exchanged. Yeah, they walked it back. I've only done I've only done games over Drake's, actually. Actually, I've never done... No, I actually have done No, you took cash. some off butts in there. <laughs> Our boy, the <laughs> It's pretty much what. Yeah, it, he was. He was like shit talking necropotence or something. I yeah. was like, all right, bring it. Yeah, that's right. We did. We did. We did. But you know, it's 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 okay to to institute a little old school gambling. All right. Anything else we want to cover, or should we? Uh, what's uh? Well, what's on the horizon? Thing? Um. For old school. For for old school. Yeah. I don't think anything until the ball, the bootlegger ball. The bootleggers ball. So yeah, we've got the bootleggers ball coming up. Is that the is that the second to last week in it's Memorial Day weekend? It's, it's six, six weeks out. Memorial Memorial Day weekend, and that is going to be. I saw Derek actually post in the Discord today. Sixty plus people there. It's sold out. It's sold out. Yep. It is going to be a substantial. They have a different tournament. space, which they'll have to have, right? Because it's that much larger. Not yeah, not not positive on that. It's I'm, not the I'm, same. Brewery. I'm not totally sure. It's it's not it's the not, same. I looked it up. Okay, I forget the name of the old one, but I it's a different location. So the the first place prize for this. So and believe me, I got more than earful about this from from Power Socks. He he and Derek have been going so deep on the history of the card Titania Song. Okay. They they adopted it as their as their mascot Locker. but probably probably more than a year ago. Pretty much with the advent of the first of the first player's ball. And the the history of the artist, what's her name? Catherine Kerman? K I don't Kiernan? know. Uh, she was Tom Wannerstrand's relative, aunt, okay. maybe mother? I think maybe mother. God, God, I wish I wish he was here because uh, dude, it was like the information was just like pouring out of him like a river. Sure. And um, they've done they've done a ton of research into into her, and he's he's collecting like summer copies of the card. And what they've done as the as the first place prize is they've since since she has since passed away. Okay. They got a hold of Tom, who altered a copy of. Titania's song, 
so that the the first place prize of this tournament is practically the closest thing to an altered copy of the original okay. done by one of her relatives. This is an altered card. This is a, this okay. is an altered card. And, and getting a hold of Tom, since uh, he doesn't sign very often nowadays, yeah, yeah, yeah. was apparently a pretty laborious task. So, you know, and Bowersox was certainly building this card up to a, a fairly exalted level. But it's a it's it's truly a one of a kind prize for the going to the for going the to the winner of the tournament. Discerning, uh, and so baller. how fitting. How fitting that this amazing green card should go into a mono green deck when I want to turn it Anyway, so I think that's the next event. So. Yeah, that, and that was going to be so exciting. It's going to be. It's it was a lot of fun last year. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Nashville's an incredible town. That was another event where we took like four of the top six. I mean, the Lords, Lords of the, the Pit are the best fucking yeah. magic club on the planet. We're the best. If you see a dude wearing a Lords of the Pit vest... Get out of the way. Just get, get out of there, dude. Just run. Start, <laughs> start turn, running. Turn tail and run. Turn tail and run, dude. That's it. All right. Well, the only other like note I want to make before we wrap this up is on the lordsofthepit.com website that our um, uh, our boy, Tyler Edders, he's not here tonight, but that he runs um, Webmasters. Uh, we have an Arcanium section where we uh, are posting some uh, scanned copies of old uh, old school MTG magazines, and we've gone through, or I've gone through, and updated, and uh, I'm calling it remastered. But the first run through, they were kind of lo-fi, um, and so I've gone through, remastered, reposted those. So if you like reading old school, you know, magic lore, duelist, etc., um, it's up there. It's really good, high quality. Um, Pretty big file size now, but it's worth it because you can zoom in all the way and read, uh, you know, that really tiny print. And they use some gnarly fonts in those with like black text on brown backgrounds and <laughs> tiny cursive fonts. And, but you can zoom in all the way, and it's clear as a bell now. So if you like reading that, go to the LordsOfThePit.com. That's awesome. Great news. And um, yeah, we'll just keep working on adding a few here and there. And I don't know. I'll probably go up, kind of finish through. Um, I don't know, right now I kind of want to go up through the Mirage era and then beyond that we'll kind of see what shakes out. But I don't know, anything else before we wrap this up? Or? I'm uh, I'm MTG Meatball on the Discord. If you have any fucking mono green technology out of the sideboard, uh, hit me up. Let's talk, let's talk mono green because I'm brewing and stewing and I'm taking that Titanium song home. Anything for me? No, no. no uh, I can't make it to uh, Bootlegger's Ball. I'm excited about SoloCon, the Singleton event, because there's no power allowed, which would be sweet. So it's going to be really yeah. underpowered uh, dinky decks where you play one match in 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Should yeah. be sweet. Yeah. That'll be early summer. That's the week after uh, Bootlegger's Ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming up. Shout out to the Beast of the Bay, the real pioneers of that singleton format, too. Yeah. We, we, we it's pretty jacked cool. a lot of their ideas. I'm fired up for that just because it's singleton. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's it. All right. Signing off. Good See you night. next time. We got married in a fever. Other than the papers We've been talking about Jackson ever since the fire went out. I'm going to Jackson. Around. Honey, I'm going to Jackson.